live and down to a measly four PEI potatoes. It's the Vocal Minority Podcast. That's still some French fries. Yeah, but only four? No, like one French fries. Natural. All right, well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Vocal Minority Podcast. The podcast still really likes potatoes, but you know... I think there's still some controversy about whether we want them mashed or fried. Anyway, on this week's show, we look back at a messy TFC match in Vancouver, catch up on the Island Games, discuss the TFC BIPOC fan coalition, pick some reality shows, oh yeah, that's going to be fun, look ahead to tonight's match versus the Cheesemakers, and more. Now this week's panel. He's seriously reconsidering his Manchester United fandom. Welcome to Mark Hinckley. If it's because of the zebra kits, that's yes, it a is. little. I mean, they're okay. That okay, is, I, I, yes, I, I, I both love them and hate them, but more hate them than love them. Also, also, Chevy can get the fuck off the shirt whenever it's ready. It Anytime really makes every now. single shirt so much every, worse. I've got so many nice shirts that are ruined by them. Yes, they are, they can leave. and they I can feel bad go. for you. Having bested his rogue appliance, welcome back to Tony Walsh. Tater tots. Oh. That's what I'm thinking. That's that's probably the most. That's like, you can get because you can get the corners it's in between. Yeah, but you can get also, the corn. You know, you can you can maximize your potato potential. Yeah, they're crispy and fluffy, so you get the best of both worlds. Yeah, and if they're like you know slightly odd shaped, no no one's any worse for wear. Fair. Right, Dun- fair. right Duncan. Ugh. <laughs> Well, okay. Spoiler alert. Go on, Kristen. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Duncan is now a scientist <laughs> building a time machine. Yes. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Duncan's not with us this, this week. He's busy lounging around his new fire pit. Duncan, um, what do you think about Rotherham? Gigawatts. Yes, yes, thank you. Marty. play Darlington once. Ma- Marty, let's go to Whitby Town. Uh, joining us as a special guest panelist, and I, I feel like cheering on pretty much every team except for Calgary in the Island Games, please welcome back Mike Newell uh, to the show. Mike? Hey, um, so if tater tots are fluffy and crispy, which CPL team is crunchy, which is fluffy, and which one's whipped and mashed? I, I personally go crunchy... Uh, Forge, I go fluffy, uh, Pacific, mm-hmm. uh, whipped and mashed, whipped. Both Edmonton. Oh, pony boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's the pony boys. Uh, guys, it's the pony boys. Okay, whipped pony boys and uh, mashed. Let's go with uh, the Wanderers. Okay. I'm now gonna get Wanderers hate on Twitter. I, I, I would have. Right I, I feel like would have accepted uh, Balor as also mashed. But yeah, I, I I see it. I see it. I, I think I think we need to I think we need to have like make, have have like just leave Edmonton alone. Just let them just let them be quiet and by themselves for a while. Oh, you mean stale stale potatoes? Is that a thing? Yes, that 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 as well. Yes, boiled scallops. They're scalloped potatoes. They, it's the uh, Paula's reflection hour now. It is. Oh. I don't want him to go. I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't. 
because he he's, uh, he's a stand-up. He's a stand-up guy. York he Niner really box potato flakes. Agreed. <laughs> Reconstituted. Controversial potato and, and product. Just... <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, as for me, I don't even know what my intro was anymore. I am your host, Kristen Knowles, and now to our show. One could almost say that was a Scottish hand. Certainly Jordan's hand went up as well. Let's have a look. I think it was Jordan. Now this latest setback, which leaves everyone wondering when, if ever, Wales will eventually make it to the finals of the international competition. So come Well, first up this week, it is TFC versus Vancouver post-match. On Saturday, Toronto played a not very good game against what had been a very poor Vancouver side up until Saturday. We're, we're the team that's... We're such a giving team. Are you having Are you having a bad bad streak? Uh, you, just, you want us to come? Okay, we'll be there in a minute. Hold on, wait. Let us just put up the worst performance in weeks. Um, there were some lineup changes from Coach Fanny, apparently, so as to not risk a couple players on uh, the BC Place turf, which is why Mavinga and Altador sat out to start the match. And you still have Richie Larea injured, Patrick Mullins injured, Achara injured, um, and apparently, you know, the walking liability that is Lauren Simon. Um, it was not a good game. And when you say walking, that's the same as running, isn't it? For him, sliding. Yes. You mean sliding. Oh, uh, all the slide tackles. The you slide know tackles. what? I appreciate a good Laurent Simon t- slide tackle. He's actually fairly good at it. It's the rest of it that's an issue. But we're gonna talk about that more in a minute. So bad game. It was it was it was a bad game. And and it was a bad game from the majority of TFC's players. This wasn't just a. This isn't all on Lauren Simon's shiny head. No, um, you've got uh, what I honestly one of the worst games from Pozuelo in a while. Um, goal notwithstanding, um, you have a, a confused attacking line that doesn't seem to really know what they're doing. Um, some nice play on the wings. I thought Arrow who continues to I sort of keep forgetting how long he's he's been here and it hasn't really been that long but he plays all the time like he's he's the Michael Bradley of the defense because he just plays every game um and I actually like a lot of his game right now and and have for you know he's quietly been impressing me um just tomorrow decent game I know a lot of people got on Liam Frazier for this match but I actually thought that he did some really good things. He had a very good pass completion rate. Um, I think it just had to do with, again, we, I, one of the questions I have here is, is, is this match, is some of the, the, the fault to lie on the turf? And not the fact that the turf is a terrible surface in terms that it injures people, but that it's a really fast surface. And you could see like passes and things that looked like they you know, would normally 
you know, roll nicely to somebody going, you know, a foot past someone or going, you know, just like too hard. Like there was too much weight on certain passes. And that really, um, I think, affected their, their game to a certain degree. Again, you, you have to learn how to play on different surfaces. But um, yeah, there was just, there's something felt very off. And, and, and then you've got Lauren Simon who, uh, um, and you know what, some of that though is on, is on Vanny for how he set up the team. Like Lauren Simon is not fast and every, like the fact that he was anywhere near the opposition goal at all throughout this match is so very wrong because he does not have the recovery speed and Omar Gonzalez doesn't either. So you're relying on your outside backs to provide that or your, your midfielders to get back and defend when you've got two big tall guys that are not speedy. You don't have Chris Mavinga out there and that's a problem. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, this team wants to have the ball and plays a pretty high line um, with its defenders. And, and if you're pushing your, your winger, your wing backs up, your Moros, your Aros, Richie, when he's fit, um, you know, you are exposing your two center backs to being beat over the top. We, we saw this at MLS's back. Um, you know, we even saw this a little bit in the two games prior to COVID where, you know, clearly teams have singled out a vulnerability with TFC. And it's that if, you know, if they cough up possession in the attacking third, there's an opportunity to hit them over the top. Um, if you have, you know, the, the, the tools in your team to be able to, you know, have somebody that can run in behind um, and have somebody who can deliver a ball in behind. Um, in a lot of ways, that was the first goal. Um, and some of the now granted limited chances the, the Whitecaps had were these sort of these plays that that sort of were almost felt like they were broken down. But once they got an opportunity to get somebody facing the center backs and running at them, if they could play a ball over the top and it was a good ball, then they kind of felt like they were in all the time. Absolutely. They have this inability to hang with any team that um, that plays a fast counterattacking press. And that's it's so weird, though. That's always been TFC's um, sort of like their Achilles heel. It's and why more teams don't employ it. Now, you don't always have the players, but that was sort of that was my other issue when I saw that that Simon was the was the other central defender out there is that. Vancouver's fast team. They have a lot of speed up front and on the wings. And you saw it time and again in that match, how, um, how overmatched they were in that department, how easy they were able to make that transition when TFC overcommitted up front. And it's just, ugh. I think what I, what, I, what I found surprising this match as it went along is TFC was getting like bossed around. By by a you know by a, a pretty inferior talent wise team, and you know it, it kind of then for me it kind of felt like a bit of a continuation from the last game, and it's made me start to wonder if they had it all too easy for the first few matches after the return. You know they were kind of waltzing through those first few matches, and then you know encapsulated with that circus free kick in the match prior, it's like it made me kind of wonder if a bit of lethargy set in, maybe a little bit of arrogance and. Uh, to, to to see the like Vancouver just wanted it more. That I think that 
by by the end of the match to me it just felt like you know they just had a, a, an extra level of uh, uh motion to that match and and i think that pushed them through tfc i don't you know it's all very well impossible they've physically run out of gas too but you know that would go for the other clubs as well but uh th- there's definitely been i feel a shift in uh, what they're bringing to the matches in the last couple of ones compared to the first three. Yeah, yeah. whether it's because... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Mike. Oh, well, I was going to say, I agree with that. And I think there's also a sense of, because this team has had the ball so much in terms of possession, and that's that rang true again in this game, right? Like, I think that the team at one point was over 70% possession. Mm-hmm during the game. Um, I think they settled somewhere in the 60s, mid-60s. But, you know, it's this idea of, and I think a lot of people are becoming a little bit frustrated in terms of, it's great to have all this possession. It's great to put together pretty passes, pretty patterns. Um, And the idea is to unlock a team that does want to sit deep and counter you. But I think there's this sense of, you know, with all this possession, where is sort of this end product, especially against teams that, let's face it, we should be able to break down. Um, and there is there is that a bit of that frustration in, in this idea that if you allow these teams to stay in games and don't sort of press on the neck early, um, you, you you give them the opportunity to, to hit you on the counter or to, to hit you on a set play, which... Um, which, you know, that that's also been a, a cause for some concern um, amongst uh, TFC and, and sort of how they've been playing over the, the last little bit since the restart. Yeah, they, seem, they, seem, they seem to have a little trouble when a team wants to mix it up with them, too. Like when a team's willing to get a bit, you know, dirty. Yeah. I don't want to say dirty. I'm not going to throw that around yeah. in Vancouver. But, they, you know, they were, they were playing a rough style. They were, you know, they were in their face and they were very physical. And TFC does have that issue that it's long term like for many years i can remember they've always kind of had that not that they're a soft team but uh you know that they sometimes get uh, their game plan goes out the window a little bit if a team pushes them around physically well, they do we need like actively out of retirement <laughs> who yeah. doesn't he's busy selling vegan products <laughs> zero yeah. waste yeah this is a team that does not like to be pressed i think the mm. the new york game the elimination game around a 16 at um MLS's back kind of proved that, right? If you can if you can press them and harry them and get into their face, um, they don't like it. Um, and, and they like to have a little time on the ball to be able to pick out their passes and, and therefore get into their offensive rhythm. But if you can get in their face a little bit and and harry them, then you know they they tend to give the ball away. And when they give the ball away, that's when, you know, after as we said earlier, you know, they can get beat over the top or their their center backs are so high up. You just need one guy to be able to run through, and, and people are in on goal. They're very sensitive boys. They are. They are Aww. indeed. Very. Well, and it doesn't matter which one of them. You know, Michael Bradley's out there. He, he yells at the ref all the time. You've got Jonathan Osorio. I, I love Jonathan Osorio. I do. I question him as being the captain. I really do. I'm sorry. I know everyone's like, oh, the Canadian boy is the captain. Nah. Kristen hates Canadians. I do. It's, it's a proven oh, fact. <laughs> uh, hey, you you know that I think Quentin Westberg should be the should be the captain. You you're aware of that, and don't get started me about keepers being captains. Oh, keepers being hush. captains, Tony. Blah blah blah, keepers being captains. 
Um, but is I, I think in this game, I, I don't know, we, we talk about we've talked about this for a couple of years actually, and, and TFC sort of keeps re-upping, hoping for one more one more go round um, in terms of getting to another. And they did it last year somehow. I still don't understand it. I, I literally don't understand it at all. But um, getting this core group to another final before they actually transition to, you know, younger players, newer players. And um, Mike, I know you were talking, I saw you talking about this on online in terms of getting some of the younger players there who up until recently had been loaned out, some of them. So like Julian Dunn presumably can come back to the fold, um, whether he'll see any playing time, but why not? Um, but there was, you know, Canadian kids on the bench that didn't get an opportunity, um, maybe livelier legs, that sort of thing. It, and I think, you know, if we're, if we're worried about team chemistry, which you make one change in this lineup and it seems to throw the whole thing off, mm-hmm. um, then why not? Yeah, why not get some minutes out there? But they're, I don't know, again, they still have this belief that this is this is an opportunity for them. And again, maybe it is, because again, they did it last year, and I still, again, I will never understand last year as a season. Well, there's still a chance that Seattle could be in the final, and by law, <laughs> if Seattle's true. in the final, we have to be there. <laughs> we have to be there. That's true. By, I, tr- yeah, I forgot. The, That's Yeah, by the laws of the MLS. MLS. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> we, one of the cocktail and napkin laws. It's Garber law. <laughs> but the firm of Garber and Garber. <laughs> I, I still, I still chuckle um, at the consternation of not just like like people online, you know, in the in the North American soccer sphere, but um, just MLS itself. If there's any mention of Toronto playing Seattle again in any type of final or any type of competitive, <laughs> there is just like cringe that happens. There is just like a oh god, no, please, not again. Um, you know, it, but I mean, to your point, I, I is the you know, I, I think there is, and you know, I probably am not going to have a very popular view here, but I think 2019, I don't want to say is an aberration, but 2019 definitely is a funky year where, you know, you, you start off great and then the wheels fall off and then uh, magically everybody returns uh, in Montreal in, in at the end of July and everything starts to, to work again. Um, so, you know, is this a run for this final court? I'm not so sure. And and sometimes I'm looking at some of the signings, you know, and Piatti has played well for this club since he's got here. Um, and, and, you know, considering the amount of consternation around previous injury history, um, everybody thought he was going to fall apart like a... He's the healthy one. Yeah, he's the healthy one. He's the guy that's fine. Um, you know, everybody thought he was going to fall apart like a cheap wagon and in the end of the day. Uh, he's the guy who's probably your most consistent player. Um, yeah. So there's just, there's interesting, there's an interesting decision that's going to have to be made at the end of this season, I think, in regards to, okay, you've clearly made a push to sign a lot of these young guys, Jaquiel Marshall Ruddy, Jaden Nelson, Julian Dunn, uh, you know, Romeo, the, all these young guys that they've sort of now started to put some some capital into, you know, when are they really going to get their shot? And when are you really going to say, okay, you know, let's see what you actually have at the first team level. Um, because, you know, you can't keep, tr- to me, you can't keep trotting out a Lauren Simon. You keep, can't keep trotting out an Eric Zavaleta. 
you know what they are now. They are what they are. And, um, you know, it, it's time to start looking at what else do we have in the cupboard and, and see if it works. And if it doesn't, then you have to move on. But at least you can figure out what you have, what's going to fit, and, and start to build a plan for what this club looks like in a couple of years from now. It's not really TFC's way, though. No. Um, and, and the thing with the thing, I will say the thing with Laurent Simon, because, you know, we've 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 picked on him a lot since he since he's come to Toronto, although we do have to look back to last season and some very good games from him. Um, the problem with Laurent Simon is that he's, you know, he's aging. This is, you know, he's not a he's not a young guy and he's never been the fleetest of foot. Um, and he is not suited to how TFC lines up right now with four at the back. If they were playing five at the back, this would be less of a problem. If not... If they were playing seven at the back... No, no. It would be a midfielder. It'd be if you've got... Mark. I, I, if know you've what you got, I know what you mean. If you've got three, you know, he could be. He would be your central defender. And then you would have like Mavinga and Gonzalez or whomever, right? Or he, even if you put him next to Mavinga, it, it, it's all how he's paired up. But it's, again, a lot of... Not all of this match because the players have to play, but I think we have to question some of Annie's choices from this match. Anyway. How dare you? I, I dare. Football genius. Don't the man took us to two. Time. The man took us to two finals against Seattle. Sorry, I should, I should, I should, I should not besmirch the good name of the Greg father. You're right. Um, all right, confidence level in Toronto advancing to the Voyagers Cup final. Out of whatever scale, because I didn't give you a scale, so pick whatever scale makes you happy. I give it a B out of five. Solid. No, I'm 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 going back to what I said before. I'm I'm a little worried that uh, about the uh, being bossed around a bit, and hopefully they can they need to change that gear and get back to where they were. And you know, I, I don't know. Going into the Montreal match, it's it's cliche, I think, but you know, the one who comes out hungrier is going to take it. It's, I don't know, it's not, I don't, I can't see it being an extremely technical game. I think it's going to be a bit like, not unlike the Vancouver game. I think it'll be rough. It'll be, you know, Montreal, we'll see. We'll try to press like Vancouver did. And yeah, I think whoever just hit, hits hard and hits fast, like Mike kind of like mentioned about, you know, foot to the neck, who, who can get out first, I think is going to have a big advantage. Right. Can we, can we, can we stop with the foot to the neck analogies, please? Pretty please. Can I can I give it a hundred ten percent on the field or play for the awesome. play for the Perfect. name on the back of my shirt and not the one on the front? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyone else with confidence in this or non confidence? Um, that wasn't just aimed at you. That was aimed at everybody. Uh-huh. Um, I'll, all right. I'll say that I kind of feel like that them getting the final is doable. They're still. For the most part, in the driver's seat, like I'm not. I know that the last couple games have poked massive, massive holes into uh, what we've come to know and love and accept of TFC during a regular season this season. Um, but at the same time, too, I don't feel that 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 shift that you were talking about is so great and insurmountable that they can't figure it out the next game. Um, and I'm not, and I don't mean that they that it's possible that they can't because we've seen we've seen that it's possible to be so stubborn that 
yeah, this will, this will, everything's fine. Just stay the course. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I would say that. Uh, let's see, grading will go. I'll say seventy-five percent chance that they're in the final. Okay, I gotta so it's think like a of B. some other. It's like yeah, a B I gotta plus. think of some other grading there scale to figure this out. Um, yeah, no, I you can you can do it. You know, like Mark gave it seventy-five percent out of a hundred degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Well, can, can I go with the Richter scale? Sure. This is not uh, yeah. San Jose, but sure, fill your boots. Um, yeah. Storms. No. I, I, interesting. I still think they're in the driver's seat to to do this. I, I'm not really. There is some concern, um, but I think we do have to go on the track record of this team. Um, they figure it out. They, 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 you know, they have adversity and they figure it out. Um, so I would suspect that you know, in the next game in Montreal against Montreal, they should be able to to come away with the result and you know be able to essentially claim their spot in the uh, Voyagers Cup final. Um, if they come out, because the weird thing is, you know, you, you look back at the game and, and while you're watching it, you're obviously upset and you're like, what the hell is going on here? Um, but then you kind of look back at the stats in the game. And you're like, this is a game they should have won. I mean, you, you're, you know, you score two, you have 60 per, over 60% possession for the game. You had 22 shots on goal. Like, you should win this game. Um, so... You know, the, 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 the sort of the eye test compared to the, the, uh, the, the statistical reality tells you that more times than not, they, they walk away with three points against Vancouver. But, I mean, hell, you know, if, if they kind of have a, a brain fart, you know, halfway through or, or come out with a, a sense of, okay, we just need to get a point here. Then yeah, they can get they can get caught. Um, they can get caught out by Montreal, um, as Romel Kyoto has sort of caught us out a few times over the top, right? So um, it'll be interesting, but I, I I still fully expect them to progress and, and get to the final. All right. To quote War Games, for me, confidence is high. Um, I think you know they've they've lost two in a row, um, one in a ridiculous manner. The second one in a more of a lackluster manner. Um, it's the first time they've lost back-to-back games in over a year. Um, and again, it's another game against Montreal. They always get up for those matches. So I think they will win this match. And it, and then they obviously, it's their last match until whenever. Um, and then they'll just have to let the chips fall where they may with um, whatever the remaining matches between Vancouver and Montreal. still in TFC land. We mentioned during the intro that Mike is with us today as a guest panelist, but he's also here to talk about the recently formed TFC BIPOC Fan Coalition, which is, I know, something you've been working on for some time. And then a couple weeks ago, 
came to fruition, officially announced, unveiled on social media, uh, engaging in the conversation with the fans. Um, so welcome. Thank uh, you. Welcome to the coalition. Welcome to you. Uh, back to discuss, you know, important issues of the day with us, which we appreciate greatly. Um, so since we last had you on, you know, you formed the coalition, but a lot of other things, of course, have happened. You know, some positive within the sport, some not so positive, um, more violence outside of sport, anthem controversies within our team, just, you know, so much in so little time. Um, do you feel like this was, you know, are you able to, to concentrate on what you as a group want to do moving forward while still reacting to everything else? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, yes, it, it, we still can focus on and we have been focusing on what we want to be and who we want to serve and in what way we want to serve them. Um, and we still have been able to react to to social injustice where we see it um, and where we think you know either the club or, or 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 fans or people that are connected to the club can help to make a difference um, in our community and it, it's it, it's funny because you know this has been something that I've been thinking about for a long time right. and then it's sort of everything coalesced into this perfect kind of well, this is the time clearly right it's funny somebody asked me you know does it make sense to create a, a fan coalition when there are no you know there's no fans in the stands currently and i think it, it's the perfect time um to do it right now because we're, we're we're not distracted by results that much obviously we just spent a whole bunch of time talking about a result <laughs> but <laughs> Was um, it? you know it, you know but it what in the sense that you know we still we still can talk about these things and we can still find productive means to, to try to bring change. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's still a great time to, to do this. And I think it's, it, it's still a, a great opportunity for us to sort of look at how we can impact things um, both at BMO Field and outside of BMO Field. Well, that was kind of actually sort of perfect that you brought that up because sort of something I really wanted to know in terms of the fact that, you know, you're, you're a fan coalition and we don't have fans in the stands right now, um, at least not uh, in Toronto. And we're looking at, you know, another, probably another six, seven months before we see, before we see that again. Um, and whether or not you feel that having these months away from BMO will allow you to really, like, focus on work with the team to foster and affect change before next year, before we have, you know, a more robust fan presence again. Absolutely. And, and the great thing is that the club is very receptive to working with us, right? And, and receptive to hearing what we, what we have to say and what we have to think. And, and we've already had some meetings with the club, which is great. Um, uh, you know, I think for us, it's, it, it, it does give us that chance to have a, have a breath and, and really dig into these these uh these issues that are impacting all of us um in one way or another um and, and do it in a bit more detail a bit more granular level than to necessarily just do sort of a a wide sweeping kind of just here's a statement and we move on right i think there is right. there's work to to really figure out 
what are the tangible things that we can we can help to impact um, at the stadium and, and impact um, in the game day experience. And, and, and because you're not at the stadium right now, you have so much time to think about, you know, these situations that have happened to you or, or these, these things that you've seen around the stadium and, and, and how, how, Oh wait, I, you know, they, I, I've been thinking of, you don't realize you've been thinking about these things for as long as you've been thinking about them for as long as you've been going to the stadium. And then when you have that moment where you're not there and you're, you can't go for a long period of time, then all of a sudden, these sort of things flow out and, and you can really have a productive discussion about how to how to um, improve the situation. So it's almost provided more clarity then and a little yes, more focus. That's absolutely. great. Awesome. So the uh, question I have is more about uh, what kind of, shall we say, initial growth. So the question is like how much, how much outreach have you seen to, to, the, to your coalition, to the coalition, from supporters who, who don't necessarily, shall we say, associate themselves with a supporters group who may not be active as TFC supporters necessarily, whether that be online or however, have you have you have you seen like names and and faces that you've never? Oh, I, I didn't even know you were a fan. Have you had any? Yeah, other? yeah. No, that's a great question. Yeah, a lot of the members of the coalition prior to me putting out the call, I had never met before maybe i had kind of seen in in passing online or or, mm-hmm. or anything like that but um no a lot of the the people that have joined the coalition are not you know i guess i don't know what the word is if it's well-known tfc supporters i, I guess from from that perspective and, and that's really refreshing because you know uh, i am sort of in that south end um mm-hmm world right and and it's easy to get caught into that bubble it really is um and that's not a obviously a a disparaging comment to anybody in the south end but it's just that you can kind of see things through a certain lens and sometimes you need to i realized that i needed to step outside of that lens to see sort of a 360 view of what's going on right because i you know i have particular experiences but they don't always mirror other people's experiences and i think that's the, the great part, again, about not having games right now, although it, it, it really sucks to be at the stadium, um, is that you get to have these conversations with people and really get to talk about what they've seen or what they've experienced and, and how they see the match day experience. Because it's it, it, I, some of the conversations I've had, even people who are not in the coalition who just wanted to air what they've experienced, um, you know, it, it's it, it's completely different from what I have dealt with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great way to to look at things and it's a great way to help craft initiatives that I probably would not have thought of um, or not have even really considered um, had I not had this conversation with, with, uh, with those people. So, um, no, it's been really good to see people both within the supporter group culture and... Um, and those who are not um, reach out and, and express support or interest or, you know, wanting to bring an initiative or, or just talk about their talk about what's happened to them. Um, it's some of the conversations have been harrowing, to be honest, and, and hard to sometimes listen to. Um, but, uh, you know, it, at the end of it, I think you end up with a a 
a, a great platform to to go to the club and say, hey, you know, we have an opportunity here. We have a really unique opportunity um, that's usually not afforded to us because you go right from a season into the off season, and that off season's short, or at least in the last couple of years, it's been short for this club. Um, and then they're sort of back into the grind of a season, and you you get into the grind of just going to matches and you kind of start pushing things off a bit. Um, well, I can't really do that now. So um, it, it's been a it's been a good it's been a good experience um, in in that regard. And, and without going into like details, because these are conversations that are you know private, personal, and I totally understand. Has but but with those conversations, has there been has there been any I don't want to say like eureka moments, revelations, but has there been anything that that change maybe um or like drastically altered not just slightly but maybe one of the uh shall we say not goals but like things that you would like to that you in your mind at the very infancy of this want to accomplish has anything come out that has made you either broaden a perspective or like almost completely change a direction like has has there been has there been anything that's really surprised you in the in these early stages, um, surprised. Me. I don't think I've had anything that necessarily has surprised me yet, other than the fact that I think I was a slightly surprised um, at the club's willingness to speak to us right away, um, which is a which is a good surprise. Yeah. Um, and surprised on the uh, amount of initiatives that they already have sort of started to catalog and 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 started to put to work on and implement, which is, is also very positive. Um, in terms of has anything out of these conversations changed the direction of the coalition? I won't necessarily say it's changed drastically. I mean, I guess if you want to say drastically, one of the things we maybe didn't really, or at least, you know, I, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I can't really speak for everybody else, but um, I didn't really take into account on this and only because we were kind of focusing on on racial justice and, and social justice in that aspect but realizing that there is so many um, intersections of of people that are impacted by this was the lgbtq two-spirit kind of conversation right that wasn't something that i was I wasn't having that conversation, to be honest, because mm -hmm. it wasn't something I, I felt we were ready for. I felt that was coming down the line. Um, but really, it actually intersects with so many things um, in terms of, you know, uh, racism and, and sexism and, and things like that. And, and because um, there is such an intersection of that, um, we I just realized it, it, we can't ignore it, right? It, it's or or we can't put it off, right? It has to be in that same sphere. That conversation has to be had in the same sphere of, and you know, looking at things in an anti-racist lens, looking at things in an anti-sexist lens, and and one of the things that you know we have as a goal is to look at um, the fag code of conduct, look at the code of conduct within within um, BMO Field, and. Who knows, maybe this extends to other MLSE properties, but, um, or should ex expand, frankly, to other MLSE properties. But, um, you know, that was just something that wasn't uh, an initial thought because, I, again, it was, 
was really focusing on racial justice. But really, in the end, the two are linked mm -hmm. so closely together um, that you have to have that conversation in the in the in the same in the same in the same realm. Um, so if there was something that was that drastically, and I, I use that as air quotes, I, I don't know how drastic that really is. Um, that would be it. Mike, I think I'll just take a slightly different route. And I'm, I apologize if this is a diff difficult hypothetical question for, the, uh, for maybe the group's goals in the future. But for those of you who maybe, you know, are listening and don't understand maybe, you know, what the group hopes to achieve and stuff, uh, maybe if we could use a recent event in MLS being uh, the actions of Delay Hansen, the uh, owner of uh, RSL. How, how do you see it? Now, I know Toronto FC is a much more progressive club. Their ownership's a lot more socially minded, well, at least, you know, for the most part. How, how do you see the group's role in, an, in a situation like what happened there? Hmm, that's a great question. I, I think, and again, I'll, I'll speak for myself, um, but I, I'm fairly safe to, to think the coalition will also agree. Um, you know, I think that's where a coalition is so important because you can not one, um, express your dismay to directly to the club, but I think also from a, from a awareness standpoint and, and looking at a lot of the reaction to, to the initial comments from Deloy Hansen, then the athletic article drops and I read that and, um, that was... That was that was that was some reading. Um, it was something. It was something, yeah. Um, but yet not surprising, you know. Like it, it's, it, it, I think a coalition like that has the opportunity, like ours, and and look, there are other supporter groups and and um, groups that that do this, right? So it's it's obviously they they have to sort of play to what's going on in their market, um, but you know. I think our ability to to sort of stop and say, look, this is why this is problematic, right? Like why what he said, because so much of the reaction was, well, you know, of course he'd feel disappointed. You know, he's a guy who's pumped a lot of money into that club and a lot of money into the soccer community in Utah. And he's losing money year over year, especially if these guys decide not to play. Um, and on a very surface level, you can people can accept that, but I think where a coalition like ours can can help is to say, look, this is what to, to fans like this is why this is problematic, and this is why you know you can't buy love with money, right? Because in the end of the day, yes, that that is true. Dell Hansen has pumped a lot of money into to Utah to Utah soccer, but that doesn't wipe away you know blatantly racist sexist homophobic thoughts right mm -hmm. and and not even just thoughts actions right these are actions that are being taken within the three organizations right with utah royals utah, uh, the real monarchs um and real salt lake you know there there are there are people of color that want to break into this industry I'm one of them or, you know, was one of them. And you read things like this and you're kind of like, well, why, why in God's name would I ever do that? You know, and, and I think as an organization, you lose so much 
um, if there isn't people talking out about this, if there isn't a place for, you know, either fans who have had these kind of interactions or even if an employee is comfortable enough to come to the coalition and and say, hey, look, on on the condition of anonymity, this is what has happened to me. Um, You know, we can we can try to bring those things to light. And that's part of our goals as a coalition is to be a bridge, to be a safe space for people to come and, and talk about these things. And, and, you know, I'm not going to sit in here and say we're the, we're the police, you know, we're not, we're not that. Um, but at the same time, you know, we can be a, a, an outlet for that. We can be a place where, you know, people who are, who have questions, who, who legitimately don't understand you know, why this is such a big deal can ask those questions and, and we can kind of give them the, hey, this is why. Um, and, and this is why these, these things happen um, and and why we need to work together to to end this. Um, you know, it, it's not just, uh, hey, these guys are just going to put on some cleats and play and, and you know, that's it. Uh, you you got you to gotta look at the bigger picture here and, and what they're doing and what the players were trying to convey um, to the league and, and, to, and to society in general, right? And, and I think that's where, you know, a, a coalition like ours can, can play a role and, and that's part of our, our goals um, as, as we grow. I hope that answers your question. I know that was a little random. But... That was as good as it possibly could have been. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything really specific that you you want to share with us? You want to share with our listeners um, about the coalition or about the work that you're you're doing at the moment um, with the group or with the team or or both, um, or just anything that you want uh, us to know as you know how to be how to be better allies. Whatever, you know, you sort of feel like talking about, you have the floor, sir. Yeah, um, you know, not too much. I've talked a lot about the coalition the last little bit, um, and I, I promise I, <laughs> there are more voices within, within the coalition, um, you know, that are that are, you're going to hear over the next little bit. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, for us right now, the, the main things that we're working on sort of as, you know, quote-unquote short-term goals is to really review that fan code of conduct and, and, and talk about, one. yeah, about, you know, making it explicit about, you know, this is an anti-racist, anti-sexist, um, you know, space um, and, and the policies uh, that will govern us as fans, um, you know, will exist. And, and, you know, that's our, that's sort of our short-term goals. And there are a few, longer term initiatives that that we're trying to to work on right now and you know what i would say to those who are you know bipoc or or, you know we don't pretend to to know every situation um we're happy to have conversations with people to um to, to include you in in what we're doing and and, and sort of have your voice because the more voices we have, the more perspectives we have, uh, I think the, the, the stronger and better we, we become. In terms of allies, I think the biggest thing for allies, again, is, is it, it's, the, the messages are great. We've had a lot of really supportive messages come our way, and, and that's amazing, and, and we're really grateful for that. 
I think now it's okay, let's move away from really nice actions um, and really nice sort of initial initial messages and initial um, gestures. And let's now move into action. Let's, let's, let's target real actionable items that, that influence and can, and can be a part of change. Um, and, and that's where we're trying to move to now um, with, with both the club and, and soon with allies, um, bringing you guys in, as I, as I jokingly say, you know, we want to, we want to bring allies to the cookout and um, <laughs> you know, it, it's um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to bring, bring allies in and, and we, you know, we really want to, to have you guys be a part of it. And for those who don't understand or don't feel like something like this is needed because of this, that, or the other, um, you know, only you and your, only you really know why you feel this way. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, this is not a, a movement to try to divide people. I think there's some misguided um, thoughts that you know, we're trying to divide people and, and things like that. That is absolutely not the case. A stronger BIPOC voice at the table for things like a fan code of conduct, like a you know, improvement of our hair uh, of, you know, quote, unquote heritage nights that we've had at the, at the stadium before that are super tokenistic, which I have spoken about on this podcast before, oh, yeah. um, you know, mm-hmm. having BIPOC people at the table, fans at the table that can sort of say, Hey, you know, we're not saying don't have them. We're just saying, have them in a, in a way that you can really foster a, a, a true reflection of the, the experience that, experiences that people have led in this country. Um, and, you know, some of it is not going to be warm and fuzzy, right? It, it, the, you know, we don't necessarily want to – people go to football matches to, to have a great time, not to necessarily leave on a, down, on a downer. But um, I, I think there is room to tell these stories and to do it in a way that – um, really highlights the strengths of, of, of different cultures and different peoples, right? So um, that's really all I, I really want to talk about today in terms of the coalition um, and and what we're doing. And obviously, you can find us at, at um, on Twitter at uh, TFC BIPOC fans, and um, you know, give us a follow, and and you'll you'll be hearing more from us in terms of our mission statements and values and some of our initial goals and 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 things like that in, in a very short period of time. That's great. Thank you so much. I uh, look forward to having you or someone else from the Fan Coalition come back um, whenever you like, really, to update us on what's going on or, or let us know about initiatives and that sort of thing. And, of course, we follow you on Twitter. And, yeah, as Mike said, please get involved in the conversation. Please reach out, um, ask questions, educate yourself, but follow what's going on and um, – it's really, really good to see. And I'm so ha- happy to hear that the, the team is supporting. Um, and uh, whether I, I'm hoping, you know, you, you hope that it's not just because Justin Morrow is the president of the, you know, Black Players for Change. Um, but that gives you an in. And I know you guys have already had a conversation with him, which is great. So it's it's such a positive start, I think. So that's great. So thank you for taking time to talk to us about it. Um And we will, again, we will talk about this again in the future and as an ongoing conversation as it should be.
Next up on the show, it is CanCon time. And of course, that means we have to check in on the Island Games, which are starting to wind down as the playoff round has begun. In fact, earlier today, the first match of the Final Four was played between Halifax and the Handies. And, well, it did not go Hamilton's way. So, exciting start. Or did it? Yes. Are they lulling everyone into a false sense of security? Um, so the each team in the Final Four plays each other once from now until September 15th, and then the top two teams will advance to the final on Saturday, September 19th. So the top four that advanced, obviously Halifax and Hamilton, but also uh, the Pony Boys and the Aquaman. So we've got, that's our top four, which I think is pretty much what we predicted last week. Was it not, Mark? I think so. I think so. I, this this feels familiar. That's what I said. Uh, it's totally what you said. I, it was loud and clear. We okay. had to actually make you stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. Did I, I can't remember if I said York was, was going to get in. Wait, wait, who did York play at the end? It was Halifax, right? Doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You were matter. right. Just say you, you were, were right. Just, I, rem- just, I remember you being right. You know what? I, I should have. I should have. I should have re-listened to that part of the show back one more time before who's I got, wrote this. Who's got two hours, Kristen? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thanks for laughing, Mike. <laughs> and uh, the answer was Calgary. Actually, uh, it was the Pony uh, Boys that put the Jimmies out of the tournament. Um, all right. So we've got those four teams. And so there was one game already today. There's another game tonight uh, between the Aquaman and the Pony Boys. And since I believe the last time those two teams played uh, that Pacific one. Good. So, you know, vengeance. Puts a smile on my face. For I know it was. Yeah, they, they won two one. It was great. Um, so we'll see what's happening with that match. But before, you know, we move on to even touching base, really. So round one was highly entertaining for the most part. There was some really good football on display, um, you know, some unexpected performances, both team-wise, player-wise. Uh, quality of um, a lot of the refereeing was quite good. Uh, one of the things that I think is is a standout and and was a standout and continues to be um and it i feel like highlighting it uh some of the the female referees were excellent seamless um and that includes Miriam marcotte who ref today who had who blew a call completely absolutely yes. but other than that has actually been the best ref in the entire tournament as far as i'm concerned um she controls her games there's you know she just doesn't let things get out of control calls them very fairly but i think We've seen some really good quality refereeing. We've seen some crap refereeing, of course. We always do. Um, and there's questions about whether or not VAR needs to come to town. Um, but I think there's been some, like, some really... It's been a fun tournament and more enjoyable than I think most of us thought it could be. Um, even though they are, unfortunately, playing on, on turf the whole time, but still. Uh, all right, the, so and when the ball can, reaches an elevation of higher than nine, it, feet, it disappears completely. Tactical view, tactical view. I don't know how they catch it. <laughs> I don't know how they head it. It's just, I mean, those guys know trajectory. It's incredible. 
Well, they lose their heads when on a throw-in, man. Like, if you go to a certain certain level on a throw-in, it's just like a headless man. It's just, then all of a sudden, there's a ball. How do you, like, how do you know they're making eye contact at all when there's no eyes anymore? Well, that's why they're professionals. That is why yeah. they are professionals. That's why they're doing it, and I'm podcasting. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's other reasons, too, but that's, that's the problem. The CPL, where we're going, you don't need eyes. <laughs> <laughs> So what is something, someone, a game, a player, a goal, whatever, what has stood out for you? And conversely, has there been something that's been poor? And no, you can't just say Edmonton because that's mean. And we talked about this already. Hmm. Nice. Oh, I have answered I know. Everyone scribbled those Edmonton. Exactly. I was going. Oh, man. I had my Bokai jokes all set up. I think uh, things that have made me happy. I, I, I realize I enjoy Pa Moduka a lot more than just because of his Star Wars name. Yes. He's yes. awesome. He's yeah. wonderful. He yeah. I I just yeah, I I will I will be 100% he's, he he's surprised me. Like it's so terms much. of yeah, just in terms of how his team has come out and played. Um I I'll admit I was I was a bit surprised. I mean, it's he's still awesome because his name sounds like he's in Star Wars. That's still the best thing about him. It's pretty awesome. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, I, I I think for me, the clubs with the best home kits all rose to the top four. Well, also Hamilton's there. Thank you. It's okay, we got the best away one, so everyone else can deal with it. Onk. And actually, I'm very happy that the final will be on free terrestrial TV. I think that's a very good thing. Ah, good point. Uh, Thank you. I'm I, I'm on a podcast. You really are. It's it's this is this is this is why we bring you on. I've, I've heard. I've heard. Um, I will I will expand on the terrestrial television thing and the fact that as many games as that has been on terrestrial television weekends. Um, thank you. And I don't mean that because I don't have one soccer. I do. But I also want other people to get into this. And you can't get into things behind a paywall. It's just how that works. So I'm glad that they, you know, removed certain certain body parts from certain orifices uh, to figure that part out and get it done. The fact that the championship's going to be on is also great. Uh, a plus, uh, the biggest plus I would have to say is Halifax in general. Um, I really thought that they were just going to like I didn't, I didn't think they were going to be dead last, but I didn't think they were going to be uh, exciting this quickly. Um, I actually kind of thought that there was a there was a small part of me that expected um, uh, uh, Mister Soup uh, to uh, not really improve the team. Like it, like there, what was holding them back was was him, not not the players so much. But I've been pleasantly surprised that's not the case. Uh, they're, they've been really fun to watch, um, and I wish them all the best. Um, let's see. Uh, if there's anything that's been poor, not not really. Not really. I, if, if, if anything, um, if, if this is going to sound <laughs> kind of uh, kind of homerism, but I've been disappointed a bit by Forge. I have um, too. Like, former employee not, notwithstanding I as, as as you should be yeah, like, they have yeah. been disappointing like it's not it's not that it's not that I thought, well they're the defending champions they should be playing better 
No, but they should actually be kind of playing like defending champions. And you see flashes of it, but it's just, it's not, it's not firing on all, like you might see firing on all cylinders for like a two minute spurt if it's even that long, but then they just revert to this melange of mediocrity. And that's, that's fine. It's just going to happen. Somebody's got to be the best. Nice alliteration. Uh, I wasn't even planning it. Uh, Thank you. But, um, yeah, I just kind of feel like I, I expected, I honestly expected them to resume service and destroy, destroy, destroy. And the fact that they haven't has, has been, I feel, good for the tournament in general. But at no point have I thought, this is not going to be a team that's going to repeat. I mean, they could. You just got to get hot at the right time. But I don't, I don't believe in it. I don't believe it can happen fully. So, yeah, that's, 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 uh. That's it. Also, um, I know we can't say FC Edmonton in general, but like I, also, I just feel I feel bad for Paulus. We've already talked about this. I yeah. just feel bad. I, I yep. don't. I don't want him to go anywhere, and nope. I don't get a. I don't get a choice in this. I don't get a vote. Um, I don't want him to go anywhere. If anything, if anybody in management has to go, it has to be uh, Bobby's beard. I'm over it. It's too weird and bushy. I feel like I could get lost if I walk towards him and never be found again. So that's, yeah, like, at first it's like, whoa, somebody's been in a bubble. And now it's like, okay, you've been outside. You can cut that anytime. I was wondering if he was trained to be, like, an orthodox Greek priest. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get the hat. A CPL pickle. <laughs> I didn't want to say that, Mike, but thank you. Thank you for being brave. You know. Uh, as I as I had mess- messaged somebody, uh, one of my former colleagues, I'm like, Look, before he goes to that bubble, Bobby and I need to talk about that beard, man. Because, I mean, that's uh, that is that's work. Mm. You, you got to put in some work. <laughs> to oh, get, that, there's to get grooming. Like you know, there's product. You definitely oh, yeah. know there's product. Like, where is he getting all? He must have brought like on the plane. Like, how much product would have had to have been in his bag on the way to PEI? Like, when he's at Pearson <laughs> getting on the plane, I wonder if Clanigan's like, man, Bobby, like, you can't have a bag just for your beard products. That doesn't encompass the the WestJet deal, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. Now, if he would like dye it like the co- the club colors or something, or have a logo spray painted on it, like get some optics out of it. But otherwise, really, what's uh, the point? There's of already this beer? there's already somebody that goes to Tim Hortons Field that already has a beat to that. I sold them season tickets. <laughs> of course, if there anyone, is. If anyone would know. <laughs> of course, there is. Um, yeah, in terms of the standouts, I mean, one, I, I will say that I think the league um, did an amazing job or did a really good job, I think, um, with their Black Lives Matter um, stance. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the statement, the initial statement being notwithstanding, um, but I think that they, you know, have done a great job and being open to using their platform to to say that very loudly. Um, I know not everybody loves the virtual stadium. I've actually come to slightly like it. Um, so For I know that I'm moment, ago. I very much, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's all right. I just, as long as the stadium doesn't shift ever so slightly, you get used to it. Yes. Yeah. As soon as it shifts, you realize, oh my God, that's still there. Yeah, I know. But, but yeah, otherwise, I think, I think they use that great. Yeah, so I uh, yeah, so from from that perspective, I think that's been really good. Um, 
you know, from a from an on field on the uh, you know perspective, you know, I, I've kind of really enjoyed the fact that you know you haven't seen a ton of teams kind of try to park it. You know, like teams have been going for it for the most part. Mm-hmm. I have really enjoyed Pacific watching them play. I, I think they, you know, they, I, I've like they've had moments where um, they're like, "Ooh, that's Pacific of last year," um, but. Uh, you know, you can definitely see the progression and where they could potentially go. Um, I think Marcos, Marco Bustos looks like a much happier man, um, you know, from that, that mm-hmm. perspective. Uh, I am still looking for Taron Campbell. I'm like, where, where you at, bro? I know. Um, yeah, you know, but I mean, again, he's still a young player. He's and very I think young, yeah. Yeah, and you're still going to have those moments, um, you know, with him. But I still think um, he'll come good. Um and yeah, I've got to I've got to agree with Mark. Like, Forge have kind of been disappointing. Um, you know, they got the job done, right? Like in the end, it, it's kind of this weird measure of you want them to play well, and you know that they have another gear. You know that they can shift it into another gear, but they've kind of gone about this as a team that would manage a World Cup tournament, right? Like they just get the points, do the business, move on, right? And yeah. Um, that said, there is no denying that this is a team that really does miss Tristan Borges. It really misses that player that can really provide that cutting edge. And today is kind of an example of that. Um, Pablo Sabac has been good, mm-hmm. um, but he's obviously not a like-for-like replacement of Tristan Borges. Um, as as, exactly, right? As much as you want him to be, I don't really think he is. And, and because of that, He's, he, he's much more of a deep-lying player in terms of being able to try to create chances and connect uh, between defense and attack. But, um, you know, you, you really... You, you, see, you see the vast difference of a team that was really good, that had an outstanding player in Tristan Borges, and now a team that is still really good, but doesn't have that little cutting edge. Um, yeah. And all due respect to Mobabuli, I actually think he's... Um, played really well uh, when he's come on, but um, yeah, to me, I, I would say they really they have probably been the most. Even though they finished again, they finished the the round robin with the most, or I guess now third most points, but or, or third in the table. But um, you know, they to me they were kind of the most disappointing part of the first round, just in terms of that. It's, I just don't feel like they ever really kicked it into high gear. Yeah, for me, I yeah, I agree with you that with that, but I like hearing the the mention of of Pacific, and not just because I'm, you know, that's the team I I have chosen to support, um, but really have been impressed by their progression and their their evolution from last year, and bring up Marco Bustos and the the partnership between uh, Marco Marco Bustos and Caden Caden Chung, which is so much fun to watch. Um, Caden Chung has been such a great, uh, uh, you know core player for them on the defense um just them overall um and yeah yeah Pamaduka who has been yeah I did not expect this from him in terms of coaching in terms of everything I he's a delight I I absolve him of all of his former whatever and his with his old team although he did good things with them but you know I don't like that team so um but this is this has been really enjoyable um from Halifax uh Akeem Garcia god he's fun He's so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, when you're talking about the Black Lives Matter, yeah, it took them a while to sort of 
come forth and really, really commit to um, putting a platform and, and giving those moments. But the thing that I really, really like the best from them is that they give an entire minute of the match. It's not, it's not just a, a moment before the match. They take a minute off the match. You know, the, the clock is ticking. And they have that moment. And I have really, really um, come to appreciate that a lot and impressed by it. Now, do I want them to do away with the anthems? Yes. Um, but that has been, I, I've really been impressed by that. And enjoy is maybe the wrong word. But anyway, it's, it's, it's a very good moment. And it's a very good way to inject it into the game. As opposed to, um, it's part of like you know the pregame stuff. This is actually in the game, so that's been really great. Um, once they got the virtual stadium settled down, I don't always love it, but it's been pretty good. The injection of a couple new broadcasters to do the play-by-play has been great, um, and yeah, having it on TV for some of the matches fun. Except for I will, I still the hour delay on the Saturday CBC match, the first one. Just drives me mental, but that's okay. Um, but lots of lots of lots of positives from this tournament overall. Um, yeah. All right. So your top four. We know the top four. Who are what are? Ugh. What are your predictions for the two teams going to the final? Who's going? Mark. Uh, let's see. I'm I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, Hamilton to finish second somehow. And Halifax to finish first. Excellent. Mike? Mm. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, everybody in Hamilton. I actually don't think they're going through. Um, I actually think Halifax really stand a good chance to, to make it to the final. I think beyond the fact that you've got probably right now the best finisher um, uh, of the four left. Um, and Akeem Garcia, I think defensively, um, they are, they're pretty solid. And to me, Peter Schale is maybe another season away or maybe not maybe even just the rest of this tournament away from maybe getting a shot with an MLS club or, you know, getting a, get, I think he, he could play in MLS. Um, so I'll, I'll pick the Wanderers to go to the final. Um, and then my second pick, I will probably, I'm probably still going to go Cavalry. I, I think that um, although they have shown frailty um, in, in this tournament, um, I, I think there's two things that I'll point to that I think will get them to the final. One, um, I think overall they are the relatively most consistent uh, a team in the tournament in terms of performances, even though if the results don't always show. And then, um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of Mo Farsi. Um, I, I think he's he's yeah. really he's really been one of the standouts of this uh, of this tournament. And and you know, his connection, his play down the flank is going to be pretty important for them going forward from an attacking perspective. And I think that will that will be part of one of the reasons why they they make it to the final. So I'm I've got a I've got a Cavalry Wanderers final for you. Don't ask me to pick a winner. Um, that's okay. Yeah. That's you don't have to. It's that's, 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 that's still, we still have time for that. Tony? Toronto, Seattle. 
Excellent. Mm, um, and Garber, I'm going. Garber just had a heart palpitation. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going with a total. Yeah, it's it's the the tables are turning. It's Halifax and Pacific. They will find mm. a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, and I wouldn't that want, be? I just want to point out that you apologize for Halifax finishing first, but no apologies for Calgary finishing ahead of Hamilton. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I, I audibly was giggling. I had to. Hey, man, I gotta. I, I'm calling it as I see it. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. That's fine. It's the fact that you apologize for Halifax beating Hamilton, but not Calgary. Because <laughs> screw those diving pricks. No matter how good they play. <laughs> oh dear gods. Um, you're, you're you're like you're completely seventh. You're not going to get in trouble. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't have to sign an NDA, did you? Is this all right? Do we need to cut this entire section of the show? Out? Mark just fucked uh, this whole so, thing up. Yeah, let's just start from the beginning. Huh? <laughs> you guys have time, right? There's nothing right. else going on tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, in about four seconds. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> um. Wow. Okay, we've got a lot more to talk about, and not very much show left. All right, let's try to. Uh, uh, we'll talk about trophies maybe next week. But if you yeah. had to pick a coach of the year, it, it, who is it? And tell me why it's not Pamaduka. It's or Tommy Whedon. It's, Hart? it's Tommy Whedon Jr. because he still sounds most likely to manage Greg Valentine and Brutus Beefcake. Or either his name is either that still wrestling manager or he'll get you the greatest prices on any new or used Chrysler automobile in the Calgary area. Yeah. I would, I'll have to put in a show for Stephen Hart, honestly. That's um, fair. I, 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 it's a, I've got a toss up between the two of them. I think yeah, it depends. And, and I mean, on many. also, also, you know, wheeled in. Okay. You can, you can it's, not it's, chew no, no, it's, the KMBL. It's 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 Ka or uh, or or Hart. Okay, that's those are the right answers. Anyone else have any other choices? Um, yeah, no. I I, I think, think if, so. if we're saying yeah, if we're saying it's you know we're we're not Bob Mutuka, then uh, then it's Stephen Hart um, to take as many new players he's had on the, on the squad and and be as competitive as they've been. Yeah, you got to yeah. you got to tip great. All right, we were going to talk about the Campiel coin, but we're not going to. <laughs> oh, Duncan would have oh. missed that, by the way. I know Dun- Duncan would have Duncan would have wanted he did, to talk he about did that for like twenty minutes. He, he just he just sent me a, a telegram. He did oh. pick. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, that's good to know. That's important. Yeah. He sent it by auto gyro. All right. Well, there's lots there's lots more in uh, the KPL to come in the next few days, so we will discuss that again next week. Um, one last thing before we leave CanCon. Um, important thing we just want to mention if you follow the national teams and we we hope you do um and you follow some of you know players uh news surrounding them uh canadian women's national team uh member midfielder quinn um has publicly come out as transgender Uh, they announced it on their instagram uh, yesterday and we haven't heard anything official from canada soccer or the, the NWSL team they play for, which is the Oil Reign, um, regards to how they're supporting them or their playing status um, with either. But especially in terms of the national team, um, Quinn's been 
a member since they were a teenager, like seven, eight years now, uh, actually maybe longer, seven years with the first team and with the program um, for a few years before that. So you have to, I find it personally, I find it hard to believe that their transition wasn't already known and supported by everybody within Canada soccer, teammates, coaching staff, um, albeit quietly. And they've said that, you know, they've been living this way quite openly for, for some time amongst the people that they care about. So um, personally, I just want to congratulate them on their decision to come out and be a visible role model for, you know, transgender and non-binary athletes and, um, and, and, you know, non-athletes as well. But it's, uh, I think, you know, congratulations to them, love and respect. Um, I'm, again, I'm assuming Canada soccer is going to support, support, continue to support them with open arms. Um, and, I, and that's the sense that I get. We'll, we'll see in the coming days. Is it, is it odd for me to be very happy for them? No, I, I don't think it's odd at all. Sorry, I need to, there's a qualifier. But at the same time, be concerned that their career could be in legitimate jeopardy because of stupid shit? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I like, think you're absolutely right, yeah. Like, like honestly, I was, I was super happy for them. I want everybody to be happy with who they are in their own skin at all times. However, because laws and people are dumb, I... I, like that was the first thought I thought like I'm, I'm happy but does this could this be the end of a career and I and it's awful that I it, like that was the secondary thought thankfully it was a secondary thought because then I'd have, I'd have to ask some serious questions of myself but yeah like I just I hope everything works out exactly we all the way we all hope but yeah no it, it's you know it's it's brave stuff but I mean you know and we took we've talked about Canada soccer and hopeful, their hopeful um, support, but when it gets to FIFA, hmm, let's, yeah. let's see where that goes. Not exactly known for their progressive views on the world in general. Um, you know, as we've seen with the IOC, this, it could turn into something that, you know, hopefully doesn't, but could be go negative rather than being a positive. So it's a, uh, I'm sure they took uh, a lot of thought in what this means down the line and, uh, you know, living the true self, which is the most important thing. But, uh, yeah, as far as the game, is is the game ready to to be progressive? I don't know. Well, History in tells the, you no. Yeah, History exactly. tells you no, but I, I do think, again... Um, it's to me. It's been an open secret. Um, and yeah. well, whether, yeah, but, in, but whether in the, fed, but whether their federations have already in the background approached this, do you know what I mean? Like we don't know because no one has said anything yet, and and Quinn hasn't said anything in regards to that. Um, whether they think it's going to affect their playing career, just the fact that this is what they've decided to do. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's lots in this sense still to come. But even beyond um, them, like even even if you have a, a handful of progressive like federations, say Canada, and you know you would hope some other countries, it, it's FIFA. I, I I get worried about. No, and that's and that's a fair thing to 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 be concerned about, and then we get into the whole horrible, you know, mishmash of, of hormone levels and this. Well, yeah, that's that, that, and that's thing. exactly what I mean. Yeah, and what, yeah, you know. and so I think right now we just have to 
as difficult as it is in the world of sport, again, considering other, you know, things that have come out uh, today and in other days, we have to be hopeful that cooler, smarter heads will prevail. Um, and this is something that, you know, we'll probably have an opportunity to, to continue to discuss, uh, you know, in the weeks ahead. Um, there's no, you know, there's no national team sport until, until next year, right? Like CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers have officially been pushed off until March. Um, the, the women's team, um, nothing's happening with them right now. So it's, it's an interesting time. Now, NWSL is, you know, they're in their fall, uh, restart, but Quinn has been loaned out to another club. Um, so they're not playing, uh, with the OL rain right now. So that's, you know, that's a little bit different as well. They're not even, they're not even playing in North America, um, at the moment. So that can be a whole different level of what's going to happen there. Hopefully, hopefully we find out soon. Um, and I have, you know, I've reached out to a couple people at Canada Soccer, haven't heard one way or another back. Um, so soon as, as soon as I know something, you guys will know something, or it'll probably, you know, there'll be something released before we record again. Because the most really important thing all is about us. You've reached out. Uh, as always. As every week. As every out. week, I do. I, I try to make it a, a weekly thing to, to reach out. So yeah. Anyway, congratulations again to Quinn. Um, very proud and happy for you. We have a very quick dash into the world of MLS. Um, we're oh, not nobody cares about that league still. Well, no, but we're not even talking about the league. We're talking about a former player, which is Stephen Lenhart, who I think we all kind of hated when he played as much as he was like a huge character. Such a jerk. Um, but such a pain in the ass. And often just, yeah, yeah, he was... Ugh, ugh. Um, I think I think wait. it was best encapsulated in the comments under this story on the MLS website when it just said, "Top four all-time league douchebag." Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Although I, I, don't, had... I don't know, I, I don't know who like the other three are. That that that's a great. That's a whole show. Well, his 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 buddy Alan Gordon has yeah. to be in there, right? Mm, uh, yeah. Clint Dempsey. Um, who are the other two? Hmm. Mm. Anyway, mm. so. Part of his, you know, he retired, God, a few years ago, two, three, four years ago yeah. um, from active play. And mm. he has, he's, he's participated in something called the world's toughest race, Eco Challenge. Yeah. And it looks really, really cool, actually. Um, and this, 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 this grueling adventure um, through Fiji uh, and, you know, in, in, in teams sort of like, you know, challenging yourself physically and mentally and, and all those good things um, or not so good things. But anyway, so it's, it's a really cool thing. So if you get a chance to watch it, uh, I think it's I think it's available now. It's on um, Amazon Prime. 
There you go. Oh, I don't have Amazon Prime. So those of you that, that do, actually. there you go. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's actually a, it's actually a, a, like a, a rebooted oh, version. It. No, it's it's a rebooted version of of the Eco Challenge, which was actually the precursor before like Survivor or anything like that. Like it was like kind of sort of a reality show, but without the you know canned drama when it was originally on. It used to be mostly run through Patagonia. It was it was it used to be really pretty cool. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. But Mike, you said you've watched this particular one. I have watched um, the, the entire thing as our society is now binging, binge watching everything. I've been watching yeah. to watch this. Um, it actually was really cool. Um, and at first, um, I had no idea Steve Lenhart was in this. Uh, and then my wife, of all people, who is is you know she married me, God love her, but um, she she is not the biggest football fan in the world. Um, says there's a former MLS guy running in this race. And I'm like, who? And uh, <laughs> he... Uh, and and well like, done you for spotting it. Yeah, well done for spotting, the, of all people, Stephen Lenhart. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he, he's in it um, with a, a bunch of his buddies on a, on a team. And, and the, you know, uh, it's an interesting story because he... And I guess you're, you're going to go into it, so I, I don't want to say Thunder, but he, you know, he talks about sort of trying to find himself after retiring. Yeah, it, it's imagine. it's quite the. Sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Mark. Uh, I can imagine when when you were informed, like, "Hey, there's a former MLS player that's 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 in this race," and your mind instantly created a list of 200 footballers, and he wasn't on it. No, no, he. Well, actually, um, when when they fir- when he first said that, I'm thinking like, is it like somebody weird like Kyle Martino or like something? You know, is it like? <laughs> Is it, you know, is it going to be like... Please be Watamak Blanco. Yeah, is it going to be like Brian Dunstead or something like that? Like, who who is this going to be? Like, I I personally, like, for some reason, originally had Chad Barrett in my mind. Like, this is something a Chad... (laughs) The Chad, the Chad would totally... The the Chad would totally be down with this. Um, And then once I saw it with Steven Lennox, like, like, I didn't see him. The first shot, um, she rewinded to... uh, you don't see his face, but you know the hair, and it was like, oh, it's Leonard. <laughs> it's like a movie. like, oh, it's Leonard. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's you know he's kind of he was he was a character douchebag whatever. Um, and then I do remember the one surprise one of this. You know, Leonard is one of those you know whatever people with many layers. Um, the video of him playing piano the one time, and, and like, and really like he he plays beautifully. It was like. Yeah are you um but yeah so it's it's if you have an opportunity to watch it it's it's really interesting to see like a as as they talk about what going through the race you know does to you mentally and physically but also in your outlook on the world and your outlook on who you are and you know dealing with you know lenhardt's dealt with depression and you know his dad killed himself like there's there's a whole lot of stuff that you know you we unpack as people and this seems to be something that he's using um, not just as an experience, but as a as an outlet to to you know work through some things he's got. But it got me thinking about reality shows. So pick pick an MLS player and tell me what reality show they're going on and why. Well, I've got a whole show actually, rather than Ooh. the player first. Go on. Re- it's called Big Basement. <laughs> a group of, a group of young football trialists from the Gambia. <laughs> try to successfully emerge 
from the basement of Mo Johnston and make it to the big time. Oh my God, that that is a that that's on MTV. That's an MVT right after right after the challenge. <laughs> right after the challenge, mm-hmm. or you know, if you're successful on Big Basement, you just go to the challenge. That's 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 your next thing. <laughs> yes, yes, that's the next step. <laughs> oh man um, yeah, who um well i you know instead of it's a love island's a big thing right now but i sort of did something similar that tony did um, oh please be subasendo well it's 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 toronto island and uh subasendo <laughs> is obviously yes, there mean. but uh you know we have to we have to bring in like nick sulzma uh because oh, yeah. you know you yeah you, you know you need you need you a need some drama to, you need some drama, um, so his various girlfriends will be, you know, trying to crash the Toronto Island. Um, <laughs> who else? I was trying to think of who else was like a major player. Who isn't? You know, who are the who are the who are the XOXO boys in the city? Those, oh my god! All, so all Av- those guys. Avila, Avila, all there those guys, Asario. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Marvel Wynn. Marvel, yes, uh, Jordan Hamilton. Um, who else? Anyway, so we can we can literally just stock it with you know like it doesn't even have to be it's just TFC players, both uh, current and 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 past would uh, would would do that. So you know Toronto Island. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, if I have a a former uh, MLS player that I would put on a reality show, Preki Survivor. Preki <laughs> on Survivor. No one survives. Oh my God! That that <laughs> no that is survives. box office. That is going to be box office. Are you kidding me? Preki uh, on no Survivor would be amazing. That would be so amazing. I would I would watch the shit out of that. But you got to make sure Chris Cummins is like you know also like he's on the opposing uh, tribe. He's on the opposing tribe. Oh my God! Please let that happen. <laughs> that would be spectacular. Uh, Marcus? Um, unfortunately, I'm, I, I, I kind of end up uh, incomplete because I could not remember. I think it was. I think I know who it was, though. So uh, it, it's Amazing Race. And uh, let us hearken back to the 2009 uh, season when, uh, of Toronto FC when uh, uh, Marco Velez was one of our two central defenders. Now, uh, I maintain in this bizarre revisionist ideal that there were a couple games where he was paired with, uh, I believe it was Tyron Marshall, and they were phenomenal together. Phenomenal. Separate. They were garbage. Hot, steaming, <laughs> warm your body and everybody else's body, you know, type of garbage. Super hot garbage. But together, they were Voltron, and they were amazing. So, to kind of see if I could, I don't know, put the final statement on this hypothesis. I would like to put the two of them together as a team on the Amazing Race and hopefully watch them dominate. But then when they have to do those those tasks where it's just one of them, completely fall apart. I'm going to take the penalty. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that, that, that's the that's the duel I would want to see. Uh, on I love it. So. All right, listeners, uh, we want to hear what your MLS player reality show or shows uh choices are please let us know uh in the comments on the twitters uh whichever makes you happy but uh give us your ideas come on there's gold here people you could retire rich um yes Paul all Mariner right launches you into the sun 
Oh, I was going to say, uh, as a write-in vote for that uh, Amazing Race idea, uh, I'm putting uh, Paul Mariner and Aaron Venter on the team. <laughs> Let's see how that works out. They're yeah, older. They're a little more mellow now. Let's see. You know, can they can they agree on playing philosophy? You know? Team short shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Team possession. The other, the other, the other. 11 teams have already landed in Madrid for their first leg, and they're still at Pearson trying to determine which flight they need to take. (laughs) I would, yeah, yeah, I'd love it. They'd be honored, but I'd love it. All right, the very last thing we're going to talk about on our show, yes, there's one last thing, is, of course, there is a game tonight starting in, ooh, 28 minutes. um, Day of recording. Day of recording. Day of recording. Luckily, this this segment is only 27 and a half minutes long. Exactly. And Liam Frazier is not starting. Fucking hell. Um, And Josie Altador is. So, um, all to play for, TFC really do have to win this match. Um, yes, they are still in control and we have lots of confidence in them, but they still have to win this one in order for things to really go their way. So it's squeaky cheese time. It really indeed <laughs> is. Um, which is actually the sign of good poutine, right? Well, I was just about to say, just uh, getting a little hungry. Uh-huh. Don't worry. You'll be out of here in an hour. Okay. <laughs> You're going to be out of here in like 10 minutes. Shut up. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so yes, so this is in Montreal at Stade Saputo. Um, I don't know if Montreal is doing the weird fan lottery thing again where they're letting in a few fans for, what was it, $200 a ticket or something? Worst lottery win ever. (laughs) It was was a lot. Um, So we'll find out in 27 minutes. Um, Player to watch from Montreal. Wanyama. Because I say it every time. I know you do. It's not a bad choice. One of these days he's going to... He's, he's going to pay well, he's, actually been, he's, actually been so, he's actually been solid. He's just going to do something annoying at some point. Uh, mine's Romel Kyoto. Uh, watch those balls over the top, man. Just, you know, Maciel, yep. ball over the top. You, you know what they want to do, so don't let it happen. I was, uh, I was personally uh, entertained and amazed by uh, Diop's performance in that. So... Uh, and his incredibly well-groomed beard. I, I find that I can't, I can't stop. It's hypnotizing, isn't it? It yeah. is. It is just, it's, it's, it's art. It's art on a face. But other than that, uh, he's also a decent goalie. So, Yeah, he's mine too. He's been like, I, 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 like, I like him from afar when he's not playing against Toronto and stuff. But he's been uh, annoyingly kind of good. Um, and then Lapilainen again too. He's always... Uh, they're making trouble, you know, getting uh, getting in defenders' ways and uh, causing all sorts of problems. So, um, predictions, score-wise, gentlemen? I'm going to go 1-0 Montreal. <gasps> <gasps> Sorry. Ooh, I'm, I'm, going, uh, I'm going 3-1 TFC, uh, mainly because Richie's back in the lineup. Uh, tonight, and I think that will uh, bounce some things out for them in uh, in the midfield and attack. I'm going to go windmill Toronto. Uh, I, I think they're just going to they're going to figure out what the hell they were doing wrong over the last couple games defensively, and then just get that limping over the the ball over the goal line type action, and that's all they'll need. So optimism, hooray! 
go 2-1 Toronto. I do think they're going to win. I, I am curious to see um, Richie officially part of the midfield. Like, he's, he's slotted in as a midfielder tonight, not as uh, a, a fullback. So this is this this I'm curious uh, to see how that how that evolves. But it means he he's a solid defender, but it means he doesn't have to defend. He can just spend, you know, well, they all should defend. You know what I mean. Um, but yeah, 2-1. And uh, everyone cross their fingers because they have to win this. Kristen, you just dropped out again, just uh, right at the end of they have to win this. And she's completely dropped out. That's been Thanks for listening, everybody. everybody. Damn it. <laughs> Good. We can finally end this fucking thing. Um, join us next week when I don't know what we're going to talk about. Probably some TFC, probably some Canadian Premier League Island action. I've been joined by at Malarkey FC, Tony. Goodbye. Uh, our special guest at Football Saves has been Mike. Good night, everybody. And you can follow her on the internet, yes, the entire internet, at KZ Knowles. She has been Kristen Knowles. How and dare you finish the show without me? Shut it. And <laughs> I'm going to die for that one. And you can follow me on the internet uh, at Kitnerd Mark with a K, not a Q. Okay, so no, when did I get cut the, off? No, now oh, I'm doing the outro. Crap. Now I'm doing the outro. Just say goodbye. Uh, goodbye. Uh, and as usual, Toronto, uh, get used to it. Sorry, Kristen. Uh, we, we both left into it and just rolled. So, she um, said goodbye. She said goodbye. Alright, it is CanCon time. That's right. Time to check in on the Island Games, which are starting to wind down as the playoff round has begun. Earlier today, the, the first match in the Final Four um, was played between... Uh, and I feel dirty. Um, Kristen, Kristen, <clears throat> sorry, can you start? Unplug? Uh, no, 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 you're fine. Uh, you just dropped for about five words. Yeah, sounded, oh. like, you, sounded like you got uh, censored. Yeah. So random. Yeah. I'll, have to, I'll, have to, I'll have to choose my Is swear it? words better. It, it okay, was, so I just... It was those one soccer bastards trying to you know, get the information <laughs> one in. Damn it, they've already about, found me. No, one soccer is all about the... They're in like their HBO level right now. They're just yeah. like, you know what? It's happening. Let, let's, let, let it flow. Let it flow. Because <laughs> that's, 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 I keep talking about the sockless thing.